everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about social-emotional learning, and this is not a skill set of mine, so I've brought in somebody else that can help all of us understand what we're talking about. Go ahead and let Lauren introduce herself now. Hi, everyone. I am Lauren Larson. I currently am a K-6 SEL specialist at two elementary schools in Phoenix, Arizona. Um, prior to that, though, I was in the classroom for many years doing self-contained uh, structured autism. And then before that, I did behavioral therapy. So I have a wide range of knowledge in the SEL world. I feel like SEL is one of those things where people don't really know what it means. And like, I don't know if you ever run into teachers like, I feel like I should know what it means. So like, I don't feel comfortable when people are talking about SEL to be like, can you break that down for me? So for other people feeling that, can you kind of explain what we're talking about when we say that? Yeah, of course. And you know, it is, I feel like that is a very daunting thing. And even myself being in this role, trying to explain it to parents and meetings or new teachers that I'm working with and stuff, it definitely is challenging. Um, technically, the CASEL definition, and CASEL I feel like is the guru of SEL, um, their definition, I actually have it, is the process through which we acquire or apply, well, I guess I should say and or apply, um, knowledge and skills of those things um, that are their five competencies. And they really kind of break it down into five different areas for us to think about. Um, SEL in these terms, and they're actually really great. I feel like very understandable when you think about it. Um, the first one would be self-awareness. So um, that would be kind of just reflection of ourselves, what we're doing and stuff. Um, the next one is social awareness. Think of social in terms of people or peers. Um, the next one is self-management, how we handle ourselves, um, how we handle things in our life and stuff, how we respond to things. The next one is responsible responsible decision-making and that just kind of how it sounds and stuff, um, making those correct expected behavior choices, knowing what's unexpected behavior. And then the last one is relationship skills. So kind of could be with our family, with our peers, with our siblings, strangers, how we interact with people and stuff. Um, so kind of all encompassing. I'm gonna throw a question at you that I didn't tell you we were gonna talk about, but I wanna see if you can help because we recently had a job posting in my county for an SEL teacher and my mom texted me. She didn't understand how that was different from a guidance counselor in an elementary school, what the difference of those two roles were. And I did a terrible job explaining the difference. So can you kind of help us? People are thinking like, well, isn't that what the guidance counselor does when she goes in to talk to her class? What is the difference between the two? You know, and I think it's probably different in every state, every education system, because um, in Arizona, where I'm at, we don't have counselors in our schools, um, only at the middle or high school level. Um, in our elementary schools, and even some of our middle and high school, we have a lot of social works and stuff, um, and my job kind of does get blurred between all of those, like what's the difference between me, a psychologist, a social worker, and a counselor. Um, and just how my job kind of does it is we, um, and like I said, just speaking for myself and how my district runs our job, but um, we really help facilitate a lot of just at school stuff. So our counselors, our social workers take care of a lot of stuff, um, provide resources to families outside for any kinds of therapies. Um, there is a lot of overlap in my job when we pull like small group, we work on skill building, any kind of coping strategies, emotional regulation stuff. But I really work with teachers to be very inclusive in the classroom and just making sure we're setting up um, those kind of say our children are struggling with um, responsible decision-making and stuff at recess or unstructured times and specials when the teacher's not there, I go in and I help kind of bridge that gap when 
teachers shouldn't give up their prep to go figure out those kind of things or at recess and stuff. So I'm there coaching kids at recess, how to have those relationships with peers, or um, I sit in a lot of meetings to give guidance before we send a kid um, to say special ed of things that we can try on that social emotional before we put an IEP in with social emotional goals. So that's how my district chooses to use us. Um, I do run a lot of small groups. I run a lot of one-on-one -on -one with kids to help build those skills, which a counselor or a social worker would do. And I do use a lot of products like that, but I'm not tied to just that. I do a lot of collaboration with classrooms. I make a lot of visuals for families. I have a lot of parent meetings to talk about how to do SEL at home and stuff like that. So very all-encompassing. I hope that makes sense. Oh, actually that makes perfect sense. And I like just thinking of my classroom, a lot of what you described was not what the guidance counselors in my school were doing. It was a very different role for them. And a lot of times they were more pulling in with like parent liaisons to support more of this in-home needs, but it wasn't like going to help a child problem solve in like the actual scenario like recess where problem is occurring. So I feel like every school needs that. Now, leads right into my next question. I feel like you might run into a little bit of the old school, like, why do we need to work on this? I didn't have that as a kid. And, you know, I was in school in the 90s, which was not, well, I guess it was kind of a long time ago, but it doesn't feel like that long ago. And we didn't have that back then. So why are we just now kind of figuring out this is something that we need to be doing? You know, I do think it's a big shift, I think, um, and I've definitely in this role, since I used to be a classroom teacher, I feel like I was out of school that had I had a great relationship with, so it helped kind of transitioning to this role at the same school, but I did go to a new school because I'm split, I'm two times at, or I'm half time at two schools, um, and I didn't know those teachers, so I kind of had to build that relationship, and I definitely noticed there was that distinct, like, our newer teachers have this kind of... Um, whole child approach where our older teachers um, who have been in the game a long time, who I very much respect, they definitely, that was me too, 90s child and stuff, but uh, it was very much black and white and stuff. Um, so kind of just helping them to understand that behavior and their basic needs and their social emotional all needs to be there as like a foundational thing. And then they can actually come to school and be a student and be willing to learn and like in a mental good place to learn and stuff. Because if they're not and they're struggling with anxiety or they're struggling with any kind of emotional regulation tied to like, for example, like we're going to state testing here, which I don't agree with, but we are. So I have been doing a ton of front loading of like how to handle test anxiety, like how to practice breathing through stuff like that. And just kind of skills like that where maybe those teachers don't have that skill set. So that's kind of what I've been going in and really trying to get teachers to understand of because some teachers are like, no, no, we need to practice. I'm like, you're right, but we don't need to practice. They've learned all year long what's going to be on the test or hopefully a standard. So probably not, but they don't know these skills of how to manage themselves through a test like that. So I think kind of trying to relate to teachers who don't get it and bridge that gap. That totally makes sense. And then that will roll right into our next question. So we know, you know, from our adult perspective, being an eight-year-old seems really easy. You, you go to school, you do your classes, you go home and play. What is there to be stressed about? But obviously we know even our young friends deal with the same stressors at night and on weekends that we do as adults. So can you talk more about why it is so important to be worried about those social emotional needs in the home as well? 
Yeah, definitely. And I talk to a lot of parents. I honestly, my job, you would imagine, is probably not involved in so much parents. So I'm not a classroom teacher, but I speak to parents all the time who their child is doing well at school and their classroom teacher is shocked when I get a phone call from these families and I talk to them about it of like, are they seeing similar struggles in the classroom? They're like, no, never. But sometimes we have to think of like the household is our parents are even, our teachers don't know a lot of SEL. Our parents know even less SEL unless they feel like they're in this profession. Um, and so our parents are just winging it and they're doing the best they can to support, especially right now we're in a pandemic and that's mm -hmm. all a lot too. And it's causing a lot of just people being in the house together 24 seven, which was never the case of so people. A lot of things that kind of maybe wouldn't have overwhelmed us or frustrated us or caused anxiety before is now heightened because of our current situation and stuff. Um, or even say, technically we're back in school now, but that transition back to school also caused a lot of those big emotions for kids who have been out of school for seven months. And mm -hmm. um, so I talked to parents a lot of how we can help support these kids at home and giving like, I feel like I tell parents all the time, putting like filling their toolbox with tools on this SEL stuff so that they feel equipped to handle these big emotions or these meltdowns. And, you know, sometimes it's funny. I talk to parents and it's not even things about, um, say the pandemic that are causing, um, need for SEL support. Like I had a student the other day whose mom just had a child and that child has been an only child for seven years. And now that child is having huge emotions and they don't know how to regulate it at home. Um, and they're Mac, they're completely at school, totally fine. And then they get home and it's, there's no attention. There's a baby so much. And so I've been providing that family with a ton of resources of how to handle and have that child cope. And we've been working on at school, but also that generalization, that school to home communication. Absolutely. It makes me think back to probably the first time I even realized that SEL was a thing. I had a mom talking to me and she was like, he holds it together all day long. As soon as he gets on the bus, he starts to let it go until he gets home and he loses it because she was seeing a completely different child than I was. And I did not understand that disconnect until I started to explore this. So I think that's a really important point that, you know, in that scenario, the baby's not at school. So that student is not having to navigate that, um, but it's still important for us to be able to support. So how do you go about supporting a parent in the home who is trying to help the child process this, but they don't have the same tools that you have or even I have? Definitely. That's a great question. I, you know, it's funny. I try to find like the most user-friendly way because parents, I feel like are so overwhelmed already and parents already, especially when we talk about stuff like this, like I said, don't necessarily have that skill set that we do. We're professionals. We've been trained and stuff like that. Parents are definitely not. And so I try to find very um, basic, user-friendly, very visual things. Um, and I'm constantly sending home just different strategies like on visual cue cards and stuff like that. Like I'll send home like zones of regulation posters um, to help parents. And I've talked to a lot of parents too. Like if kids are really struggling at home, like we are in my office when I was in the classroom, we had a safe space. Like we had a calm down corner, like establish one of those in your, in your home. It doesn't have to be their bedroom. Like it can actually just be a different part of the house that they can go and like have their own personal space and like put stuff in there. Just like how we do in the classroom, like whatever works in the classroom. And even when I was a teacher in the classroom, I would always tell my families like, I will tell you anything you need so that you can take it home and be successful. And these are the fidgets they like. This is like this music they like. This is how we set it up. This is the amount of time we use. Like any time we can front load parents with that information to make it 
that successful transition at home that they can not, they don't have to read them in the wheel. Like they just know it, they can run with it and do it and be successful. And then the kid already has that understanding of it. They're generalized to that knowledge. Um, that seems to help parents a lot. Um, being able to support their child and not have to really learn how to do this all themselves. That's so smart because I would honestly never think to tell a parent to put a calm down corner in their house, but that makes 100% sense. In fact, I would probably say in my office, if anybody follows me on Instagram, they know I have a chase in my office and that's probably my calm down area. When I'm feeling really anxious, that's where I go. My husband knows if I'm there, I have my tools, I have my journals, I have my weighted blanket makes sense that kids would need that as well. So that was really great advice. Is there anything else that you want to share for teachers that are maybe just starting to get their toes wet? Maybe they don't have a position like yours at their school. They don't necessarily have someone they can go to, but they know they need to start focusing on those SEL needs in their classroom. Where can they start? What can they do? You know, honestly, I, and even for myself, when I took this role, I mean, granted, I do have a lot of background in this, but still it was kind of a brand new position during a pandemic and I had to learn on the fly the internet is like the best source of information for stuff like this. You type in anything SEL related and I mean, Castle has a ton. There are so many things like um, Stanford Harmony and uh, Edutopia and stuff. There's so many great online resources. Um, I even go to Teachers Pay Teachers sometimes to find just visuals or posters or anything that I typically don't have myself or that I've lost in the move of <laughs> going from a huge classroom to an office and I misplaced it. And you'd be shocked at just how many articles and just websites and people are out there that are so knowledgeable in this that really I feel like that is like the best source of information and stuff. I mean, Instagram's great too, but you really can go on Google and literally type in like SEL ideas for whole classroom morning meeting and a slew of things pop up and you just get to pick what works best for you. And that's really, I feel like the best way as a new person to just immerse yourself, but be very specific and not feel overwhelmed by it. That's awesome advice. Is there anything else that you wanted to share in the podcast? No, I'm just so thankful that I could come on and talk about this because I know it's such an important topic. And like you said, some people are so scared by it. And I just mm -hmm. want people to know that um, if you need anything, just reach out. Don't ever hesitate. You can always drop in my DMs on Instagram and stuff. We can totally talk about it and whatever your needs are. Awesome. I'll put Lauren's Instagram in the show notes. I'll also link the website that talks about Castle in case somebody was curious and wanted to know more. We'll kind of get that first link for you so you can start to dive into the world. Thank you so much for coming on the episode. Thank you so much.